0: Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it. All that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone, at some point in their life, will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. And as usual, once we welcome our guests, we want to express gratitude to them for them coming by and sharing their time because we know it is such a precious commodity. We want to thank them also for sharing their story because we know that it can sometimes bring pain and joy. But it is our hope that we can hold the space so that we can have this conversation and make it safe for them. Deborah, I want to thank you for coming to President Enlightenment. Thank you for showing.
1: Yeah, and thank you for the invitation. It feels it feels generous and exciting and I'm very pleased to be here for this conversation.
0: I'm excited because I send out mm. the energy because I have an understanding that energy um there's a old saying that they say, um, iron sharpens iron and I believe that when we want a certain energy, I send it out to cause people to come to me Mm -hmm. so that we can have a enriched conversation. And so welcome, Deborah. Tell the people about all the things that you have created, that uh, you have currently, because I always tell them, a creator will never stay stagnant. They're always Mm -hmm. on the move. So talk to us as to what you have created today, because I know in a few months it will be different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What I'm creating today is I'm creating a community of magic curious people. And what I mean by that is the people who are connected to their energy, who are aware that we are energetic beings, and they're curious about what's possible in this realm. And they're curious Mm -hmm. knowing that maybe they don't know everything, but they want to know more. And maybe they do know some parts and they're willing to expand and explore. So through my business, which I see as a community, through Big Life Magic, Magic Curious people connect Mm. to the different ways that I work, to connect to their own magic, to connect to their own energy, to go on their own adventure through the contrast and the challenge and the opportunity and all that is available to us in this magical playground called Earth, this big classroom of ours. (laughs) And so at the moment, I have a lot of focus on really inviting people into that community so that when you are Mm -hmm. exploring your magic or some people might want to call it their energy, you don't have to do that on your own. You can do that with others.
0: It's um, powerful when you do it with others because I know uh, when you have group uh, um, and I came out of a church and when you have group praying, group singing, all of Mm -hmm. those type of uh, things, you can feel this energy that is palatable, that is powerful, and it does change people's lives. Um, I always yeah. say, Deborah, that you and I, when we come onto this planet, we are placed into a beautiful home. We call it family. I call it, in many times my people will hear me say it, I call it the lab. And we have these two scientists that are working on their thesis, they're trying to come together and uh, create this um, beautiful product. Talk to me about your family. Talk to mm. me about that home, that mm. experiment, that um, uh, that grouping of energy exchange that we call a family. How was yours? Mm.
1: Thank you for that invitation because I love to speak about the Driscoll clan. So I am one <laughs> of seven children. I am the middle child of seven children, and the scientists or the the parents that I have been privileged to have in this earthbound experience are Colin and Barbara. My mother, Mm -hmm. Barbara, was born in the United States. My Colin father was born in Australia, so I have this kind of stretching across the globe with different upbringings for both of them, and then they've Mm -hmm. come together and then created the seven of us. So the so the core of my family is nine. And if you look at, hmm. at us as a clan of nine, we are all absolutely bristles and we are all <laughs> absolutely unique in that, wow. like, in there's various ways you can see that. One of those is there's 12 astrological signs mm-hmm. in our clan. There's nine of us and we each have our own sign. Hmm. So out of all of us, nobody else, I'm the Aquarian, nobody else. Is there. Mm-hmm. So wow. that's just one indication for the diversity. <laughs> and difference but also the connection that we all have with being inside this stressful plan plus also we also have this diversity of age. So between the mm-hmm. first child and the seventh child, there's 20 years. So that's wow. different experiences of whether you were born in the 60s or whether you were born in the 90s. It's really yeah. different experience that you're bringing into the family, into the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's something really beautiful in my family, which I didn't know for a long time because I just wasn't old enough to have the reflective capacity to see it. But something that my parents have done so successfully is I grew up in a family that was fair. Like we yeah. were all honored for who we were and the gifts that we had. Mm-hmm. And yes, we were absolutely, you know, challenged to move beyond or try something new, but we were all allowed to be who we are. Mm. And that was that was treasured and that was honored and that was celebrated. And I realise now outside of that family dynamic when I, I rub up against other people and they're talking about their family dynamics, I'm like, Oh, not everybody got that. That's a great gift mm-hmm. that I've been given. Yes in this life yes. in that I'm in a clan where we actually see, honour and support each other. And now Ken, I'm not saying that everything is always roses. We are still in a yeah, dynamic yeah. of contrast and and learning through each other and through our relationships. Mm -hmm. But I do absolutely recognize the beautiful environment that my parents did create for all of us, which Mm. I recognize not everybody receives in this earthbound experience. So I honor it for myself. And I say often to my siblings, let's pay that forward to the people who necessarily, who didn't maybe have that. Let's pay that forward. And I was, I grew up in the house where, you know, somebody was having a hard time because their parents were divorcing and there was weird tension at home. They literally came to live with us, Ken, for two or three months. And my parents wow. would talk to their parents and say, look, we understand it's difficult and, and your daughter is just wanting to be here with us because our daughter is their friend. And, you know, can we support you in that way? And, and yes, we did. Wow. There was various times I, where I people would just come and, and be with us. Um,
0: I had four boys and I was a single dad with, uh, Four of my sons, I have five sons, but four were living with me at the time. Mm. And um, um, I had maybe about at one time living in my space with the kids, maybe about a little over uh, five or six different children that were from broken homes. And I was on the phone with their parents talking yeah. with them and trying to mend it and and be that person and that voice in the middle that can walk them through their um Misunderstanding, as they say, and uh, try to put them back together. So I know the privilege of being there. Now, here you are in this beautiful mix. Yeah. You as an individual, how did your, mm-hmm. um, how did you begin to formulate your identity in the midst of all of that? Being the seven, se- being with seven siblings, you're in the middle. How did your identity mm-hmm. uh, begin to form mm-hmm. in there? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think that there's absolutely layers to that story. And one layer is being in the middle gave me an opportunity to understand what it means to have an elder. Like the siblings above Mm -hmm. me, they always knew more than me. They always had something that I was chasing in the next experience Mm -hmm. or the next, you know, chapter of their life. So I had a relationship to that, but I also had the relationship to the younger siblings where I was their elder. So I had this kind of dual dynamic of being connected to both. Mm-hmm. And now what that's meant in in my manifested life now is that I have unique mm-hmm. relationships with all of those siblings. And I also find, Ken, which is a delight to me, that I'm often the sibling mm-hmm. that gets told the secrets or the person who's <laughs> reached out to to say, can I just talk to you about something? And I'm like, absolutely you can. So there's <laughs> something about the middle position that creates like the ears on either side. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the balance on either side so I find it to be a privilege and also you know in truth telling I recognize now in my in my growing up experience which does manifest sometimes in my own energy now which I need to be aware of is sometimes I have this energy of well what about me am mm-hmm. I being forgotten a- am I visible here and I don't have Really clear memories of, of that happening in my life growing up, but I see that manifest in my energy now of wanting to yeah. be, wanting to be seen and recognized. So I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. That's an energy pattern. And it's obvious to me because I understand how and why we come down and why we create these dynamics. Cause I believe it's all by design. I believe that, you know, I chose to be the middle child of seven so mm-hmm. that I could have this experience of. Being in the middle of an established group, which is why I'm an amazing community leader because I know what it's Mm -hmm. like to be inside the group. I love to be inside the group. And I also need to be aware in my energy of the times when I fall into a poor me energy pattern of, is anyone noticing me? Mm -hmm. So I get, you know, so you get these dynamics. I think that we're given energy and energy patterns and experiences, not just for one reason, there's more than one lesson to learn there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how did you navigate as you are beginning to formulate high school? Talk to me about your high school because here you have a little more freedom in the sense that you are away from your siblings and you're getting output or input from school, from teachers, from mm. other uh, outside entity and how did that those interactions begin to contribute to the person of you
1: yeah so when i when i graduated high school i was lucky enough to be accepted into a university in the major town in the state that i was living in in australia which meant i got on the train on my own and went down to the big city from the small little coastal town and in the small little coastal town is where my family was based but where all my friends were so Mm -hmm. i moved to the big city for the first year and then all the years of my university degree and at the time i admittedly I was a bit scared and I was a bit mm-hmm. wondering like well why me why do I have to be the one to go go away when everyone else gets to stay and stay comfortable and I now see that that was an amazing gift or it gave me the first time in this earthbound life to be on my own and begin to explore what is my identity away from not only my family dynamic but my chosen Family, which was my very close friendship circle. Mm-hmm. And what I found was a deep curiosity around the universe. What's possible in the realm of energy? Mm-hmm. And I found other people at university who were also interested in these questions and so began a journey which continues today on how can we understand and be in relationship to all the energy of the universe? And, you know, that literally mm-hmm. looked like, you know, in early early days of my university, Days, you know, buying my first deck of tarot cards and like, mm-hmm. what is this? How, what, what are we doing here? You know, and then yeah. that's, that's gone through many, many layers of exploration and learning and journeying teachers and mentors over the many years since I graduated from university, which is now more than 30 years. Um, but that's where I got a really like a whole new spark, it felt like a whole new world opened to me. When I left that yeah. family dynamic and began to mm-hmm. create
0: my own identity. Nice. So you, um, you mm. actually started on your path or pursuing, uh, or being aware of the outside, uh, as I, 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 put it, the outside, uh, development of the, of, mm. of the human spirit. And you began to in, investigate mm. it and your college age, as you said, you started there. That yeah. is awesome. So. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as you begin to uh, grow and experiment in the sense of, I always say to people, the experimentation is that you're getting to a glimpse of yourself within your journey mm-hmm. and you are now uh, extracting information, doing research to find out how to overcome that aspect of your mm-hmm. um, your, your ability to grow. Talk to me about some of that space, Deborah. Mm. When you started looking, mm. you talked earlier a uh, certain patterns because what were mm. those thoughts that you gave permission to grow into monsters that you had mm. to eventually sit down and have a conversation uh to get yourself way uh out mm. of that? Mm. Focus
1: in on my experience of grief. And the reason I want to focus here is because it has been one of the greatest, biggest, most dynamic, deep classrooms I have entered in this earthbound life in this experience now. And it's interesting mm. that you, you speak about research because I want to tell a little story about the research. So when I was at university in, it was actually in the final year, the very first man I had ever fallen in love with chose to take his own life. He called me and he mm. said, I'm sorry. I love you. He hung up the phone and then he went and took his life immediately. And when he called me to say I'm sorry, I thought he was apologising for an uh, like a not an argument, but a discussion we'd had earlier that day. Where I was I was trying really hard to help him because I knew he was on the edge. Yeah. And it was yeah. a it was a tricky conversation. So I thought he was apologising. I didn't realise at the time he was apologising for I'm just about to take my life and break your heart. So there was that first knock of death. And then seven months later, my father unexpectedly died from a heart attack. And so within seven months, I turned 20, from 20 to 21, and I've experienced Mm. two major deaths in my life. The first man I loved and then the very, very first man I loved, my father. So the lover and the father. And that was my first experience of like a deep dive into, a, you know, All of the corners and layers of death and grief and what does that mean for our heart? What does that mean for our spirit? And that in itself was a journey of initially not quite getting it, not quite working through the healing until I did start to work on it, which then sent me off on a pattern, learning so much about the human heart and our experience as spiritual beings having this earthbound experience. And then 18 years later, there's one night I am sleeping in a hotel room because I'm journeying down to my sister's place with some of my family, and I'm in a double bed with my son, Sage. And I have this very mm-hmm. clear moment of, I, I I see it as a dream, but I also know that this was a visitation by one of my guides who is sitting on the side mm-hmm. of the bed, and he said, I know that you do not want to hear this. But every time that I have come to share it with you, you wake up the next morning and you energetically choose to forget it. But this is Mm. the last time that I can come. We are running out of time. I need you to hear my message. And so I listened Mm. and the guide said, the research is important. And that was the end. I wake up the next morning going, the research is important. What is that about? I actually kind Mm. of Really didn't get it and the and the point being I knew that I didn't get it yet but I had received the message. Mm -hmm. Three days later, my son unexpectedly died. Wow. Absolute shock, world turns upside down and I didn't connect to the guide's message initially. It actually took quite a few beats, quite a few months and then one day I had this memory. I was like, oh, this is the guide coming to tell me that a part of my life experience, this life, is being in the experience of losing people that you deeply love for i am Mm. the living research around how humans can heal survive and then thrive in this dynamic of deep exquisite grief and i thank that guide i am in a relationship with that guide now you know Mm. i have continued to work in meditation inviting that guide to come and work with me and i have other guides that come and work with me in my grief work i have my own heart and my own spirit that Leads towards this work. But in terms of like when you said about the research and about the learning and, and, and what's possible here, once you start to explore, I didn't raise my hand and say, I'm going to be the grief girl. Bring me three dynamic death. I didn't say that, but I'm sure I said it probably up in spirit to say, I'm, I'm ready for this mission. Mm -hmm. Let's work through this for my soul and at service to others. So my work now really is taking that research, my lived research, and Mm -hmm. it now transforms into my memoir, a series of surrenders, my work as a grief guide, my work as a magic Mm -hmm. weaver, and my experience of turning up again and again to share with the world. Your big life loss may just be the pathway to your big life magic.
0: I think it can be if we use it, uh, correctly. I believe those Exactly. visitations as I call them uh, gives us the opportunity to choose a different path or to create a different path and we create by making choices most people just simply mm-hmm. um, live from um, it's just uh, automatic and you don't start making choices until you begin to make choices and so um, yeah. and that I mean that yeah. in the sense that you are visited by with a a traumatic uh um uh thing that happens, some trauma comes into your space, how you relate to that trauma, Deborah and how you interpret that trauma will dictate how long you stay in the trauma and the purpose of the trauma, but I want you to walk uh, let's you brought us here, and so I wanna stay here just a little more what were some sure. of i know uh grief is a deep emotional uh, mm. wound that you uh you're dealing with
2: mm. i
1: mean there are many and they evolve over the journey but there's a clear moment about 3 days after my son's death where i mm. remembered a promise i'd made to myself after being with the death of nick my first lover and my father and working out the fact that I hadn't actually surrendered to the process and the healing of the grief and that it took Mm -hmm. me a while to figure that out. I promised myself then that if death and grief ever come to my life again, I will not deny them. I will be with it. And Mm -hmm. I made that promise, having no idea that years later I would lose my son. So three days after my son Sage's death, I have the flash memory of like, oh, I remember a promise I made to myself. And so I committed Mm -hmm. in that moment to Be with the death, be with the grief, be with the lessons, be with the trauma. And I added to that promise. I promised to always wish the best for myself. I promised to go through the journey, not around it, not under it, not kind of skipping over parts. I promised to go Mm -hmm. through it. And I promised that even if it felt like the hardest thing to do, but I knew it was the pathway to healing, that I would do what I was task to do and so three wow, days is, yeah well. yeah and those three promises i made to myself those three days after my son sage died held me particularly in the first couple of years when i wanted to just give up mm-hmm. when i wanted to just swim in rivers of wine and numb myself which some days i did mm-hmm. i have to say Kit, some days it was hard and i did yeah. that and then i pulled myself oh, yeah. back out and said no you promised to always wish the best for yourself is this the best for yourself no it's not so make a different choice." Mm-hmm. You know, so there was that. And then the other thing that, that was a huge part of my early part of grief and is a huge part of my everyday life now is I opened a conversation with you. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, angels, what you got? What's all mm-hmm. this about? I want some answers. I'm curious. I want your support. I had definite times where I was in clear communication with angels. I had times where I was angry and in a dynamic relationship with the entity that I see as God. Mm-hmm. There was times when I invited my guides to come and support me. So the other thing that was definitely a part of my experience was I didn't allow the grief to isolate me. I stayed in relationship to the universe and all of the energies and entities of love that are available to support us.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, get lost right there. Yeah. That's why I, I brought you back to um, instruct them with some of the tools yeah. by which you navigated out because I know many, many people that are there mm. and um, that is a dark, painful place to be and you have to, uh, personal development I tell people all the time it is one of the uh, bravest decisions you will ever have to make in your life it should be the most prominent decision you make in your life absolutely um, because based from it is how you govern all your relationships um uh good or bad but based from your relationship of yourself if you are not in love with yourself if you do if you have not learned how to forgive yourself if you haven't learned how to be kind to yourself i would greet people deborah and i said have you been kind to yourself and they would look at me as if i'm out of from another world but um once I make that statement, and their look will let me know where they are and who they are. So, yeah. uh, And then I would stop them and say, don't forget you. It is the most precious thing in your life. Uh, and most people look at it the other way. They look at their children, kids, and everyone else. But if you are uh, able to forgive yourself, my God, yeah. what will you do to your child? if yeah. you're able to love yourself what are you going to be able to do? how deeper of a love will you have for your child so um don't forget yourself so here you are you yeah. walk through grief you're acquainted with the feelings of it the energy of it the um ups and downs that are within mm-hmm. uh grief now as you walk through and you have learned to um entertain grief but yet not live there as you move through your life, how did you begin to open up, as you said, blossom and allow the other energies of love, uh, whether it's from the realm of the spirit or from the natural realm, how mm-hmm. did you allow those uh, uh, energies to enter in and into your life?
1: Mm-hmm beautiful question and it's a deep question know, it's you know it's a question with layers upon layers and years and journeys mm-hmm. and teachers and beautiful places yeah. in the world but it starts with i decided not immediately i will say but i decided in my journey that i'm going to create a positive relationship mm. for, for my grief journey doesn't end we don't get to an end point and say okay done let's wrap it up with a bow yeah Grief (laughs) evolves, and grief is at service to our heart because I believe that grief's soulmate is joy. So when we can be Mm -hmm. with joy, we're we're increasing – sorry, if we can be without grief, we're increasing our capacity for joy. And so what Mm -hmm. I started to do was to see grief as one of my my master teachers. And in my Mm -hmm. world, grief is a beautiful, large, black angel, and she has these amazing wings, and I can come sit in her lap, and she wraps me in her wings. So that I can learn her mm-hmm. lessons and I can tend to my heart. And through this deep mm-hmm. relationship with grief, my grief angel that I have created because I wanted to create a relationship that worked for me. Grief mm-hmm. whispering those, these lessons have been about, well, why don't you explore this and explore this? And as my heart has healed, it has absolutely invited me into magical playgrounds of joy and wonder. Mm-hmm. That became possible by my surrendering to sitting into the lap of breath and saying, I will be with yeah. you here. I will go into the depth of what this means. I will tend to the pieces of my heart that need stitching back together. And through that process, it, it's, you know, it's, it's like by magical design that, yeah. that then Lots I'm invited into, you know, I'm invited yes. into conversations with people, I'm invited into yes. a journey here, I'm invited into this project here. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I want to share here too is something that creators, which we are, you identify it, Ken, that we as humans are creators, something that Mm -hmm. really serves our healing is to have a channel for our creativity. So how do you create? So for me, I am a writer. So a Mm -hmm. huge part of my healing was pages upon pages upon pages of journals mm-hmm. where I was just expressing mm-hmm. what am I feeling, what am I experiencing, writing that angry letter to God for taking my child away. It's written in a journal,
2: yeah.
1: you know, and yeah. also writing in that journal my hopes and my dreams. And so for somebody mm-hmm. else, they may not be a writer, they may be a painter, they may be a dancer, they may be uh, somebody who loves to cook in the kitchen, like whatever it is yeah. that helps you to channel the energy through you, through a creative pursuit there's something that brings you relief, brings you joy, brings you um, a new layer of understanding yourself in building that relationship with yourself. I always encourage people in when they've said yes to their own healing journey. It's like, okay, so now how are you going to play? Where is your playground? Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. I think uh, when they don't do that, when they don't have that outlet, and they don't create that outlet, it uh, lingers in the body and it forms. Yeah. Uh, Sicknesses
2: and disease.
1: Yeah. And you get a density, you get uh, a density and it's hard to move from the density and you can Mm -hmm. feel like you're underneath the blanket. And then it can can just take like one drawing or one journal prompt at a time to start to lift that for
2: yourself. To
0: let it go. Because it's, it's, um, it's a release of, um, and I, in my book, I put it, I said, it's a release of your emotions that are bundled up. And because those, emotions are energetic and Mm. you need to release it and uh, you can release it through the arts Mm -hmm. you can release it through sports you can release it through so many different ways meditation going
1: on a meditation all of those prayers affirmations but there's so many creative ways we can turn up yeah yeah
0: you need to get it out and uh, Mm -hmm. another thing that i tell them Another thing, and I love listening to your your uh, story because you're making the declaration that I decided. Yeah, I decided, and I, you know, darkness comes so that you can make a decision. Are you is this comfortable for you or not? And I believe when uh, there is no darkness in our life, we just drift. We don't mm-hmm. stay focused. We uh, we have a tendency of moving forward unless that person has gone through some dark times then they know that uh that quietness is not to waste that time but that quietness is to be utilized for something more precious something more deep and so that journey is ever moving ever flowing ever growing and so you are here you've written all these journals you're expressing yourself through your, uh, your gifts of, uh, as we say. And, um, how did you say, okay, I want to now, uh, I, you've said it, but I want to hear you verbalize it and mm. talk about the journey that took you there. How did you say, you know what? I want to now, uh, turn around. I have created something that is palatable now that I believe that it's ready. My dish. Is now ready to be served so I can bring someone in and began to educate them on my good cooking. Tell them that yes, yes. How, how did it
2: go? Yes. How was so
1: that? So I all of that journaling transformed into mm-hmm. a book, my memoir, a series of surrenders, mm-hmm. which I wrote on purpose to be at service to hearts and souls, to create a reflective mm-hmm. place for them to be able to reflect on their own brief journey. And I was also in the practice of the Grief Guide. I was working one-on-one with people and also in group programs, helping people to write through their grief process in a program I have called War Love Story. And then we hit the pandemic. It's early days mm-hmm. of the, the COVID pandemic in 2020, and I'm sitting in my Brooklyn apartment. I was still living in Brooklyn at the time. And I'm looking out the window, and I can see it, Ken. I can see it in the distance. There it is, the very mm-hmm. big wave that is coming for all of us and it is the wave yeah. of grief. And yeah. I'm sitting there in April knowing, April 2020, knowing as a grief guide I recognized that wave. And what mm-hmm. I was aware of is I don't know if everybody else knows that it is coming because there's yeah. been so much loss on layers, literal death, oh. loss of jobs, loss oh, yeah. of dreams, mm-hmm. loss of reality, loss of security, yeah. all of that loss. And I was like the big wave is coming for us all. So yeah. I reflected upon that and thought how can I be at service to this? And so, what I created, because we're all created, is I Mm -hmm. created what was called Moments in May. So, for the month of Mm -hmm. May 2020, I put in my calendar 30 minutes time slots to Mm -hmm. meet me on Zoom, and they're available to Mm -hmm. anybody who wanted it. And it was called Your Moment Mm -hmm. in May. You just need a moment with a grief guide. I'm your girl. I'll meet you on Zoom. We will have a moment. Just so I could Mm -hmm. hold hold moments for people. So, I opened that up in May. And throughout the month of May there were many thirty minute slots available on my calendar and Ken, all of them were filled. Wow. All of them were filled. And I knew probably only about quarter or a third of the people because word got around that mm-hmm. there's somebody holding space. And yeah. so all of the all of the, the moments in May were filled, but here is where I saw the second way behind that first one. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: People were turning up to meet me on Zoom and I'm prepared to hold space for their grief, and absolutely that's what I did for some people who arrived. But most Mm -hmm. people who arrived asked me about magic.
2: Mm. It was
1: questions like, oh, I heard you read oracle cards. Could you pull a card for me? Um, I'm Mm -hmm. wondering, are angels actually real, and if they are, how do I pray to them? I've been thinking about starting a meditation practice for like the last five years, never really got around to it. Now that we're sheltering in place, I guess now's a good time. Can you talk to me about meditation? But these were the types of requests. This is the type of space that people wow. were wanting me to hold. And so I got to the end of May 2020, and it was clear that, yes, I am a grief guide. Yes, I am a storyteller. But, yes, I am also a magic leaver who has learnt about mm-hmm. how we can leverage our relationship with the universe to create space, to connect to our own magic within. And that mm-hmm. is the birth moment of big life magic. It was. I, wow. I heard the call from the universe saying, we appreciate this grief work that you're doing and absolutely keep doing mm-hmm. it. Keep talking about grief journey. Keep talking about your surrendering to loss leads to magic. The universe was all saying, yes, 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 yes. We want you to do that. And now actually, Deborah, we have another task. And so mm-hmm. I saw it. I heard it. I took it. I was like, there's a gift for me that I can continue to give the world. And so I mm-hmm. created Big Life Magic, which is now – um this magic curious community that I speak about.
0: Oh, that is a wonderful journey. That's why I asked that question. Yeah. So that I can pull out that journey f- from you. Uh, because I know that with the onset of the, um, COVID, it was a gift in many ways. Mm. It, um, I think it caused, it, it gave us an opportunity to slow down.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, it, it caused one of the most fascinating that I've ever seen and it's such pinpoint accuracy Uh, it separated humans from each other it was the most you know um, it's it's beauty and it's madness because what it caused and it forced us to do because we are a society that just run from one thing to another to another and interacting with people and so forth that it forced us to now face ourselves Mm -hmm. many people were afraid to do that and so here was a situation being i think a lot of people were calling it and it showed up in in this form so that we can all stop it changed a lot of people's lives it brought out the monsters in the monsters people began to be exposed who they were all of these things began to manifest i believe Also that it was there for the government and we got a chance to see what uh, corporations first got it after we, the individuals and the corporations looked at it and the people were saying, I'm not going back there. You're not, you don't value me. Um, and you see no value in me. And so because of that, I'm out. And so the corporation is going, wait a minute. I need to start valuing these people. Mm -hmm. And so some of them are changing. Their, uh the way that they do business and then I believe Deborah that it was now given to the world here is the world on the stage yeah. and we're looking at it and we're going my god it is time for the change I don't know what it's going to look like totally yet no. but you can see the change I saw it coming yeah. I saw the grief I saw it and I kept telling people that this thing is going to take it's going to take uh, maybe a generation or two to help this thing mm-hmm. because this is deep. We haven't, I think yes. we've gotten some of it, but I think the, the when people are going to lose more homes because of work and cars and credit, all the things that we looked at and gave importance on are going to be stripped away. And then these people are going to be at it by themselves looking, who am I? What am I? And that's when people like yourself mm. will come in and say, let me walk you through something. Let's investigate so that you can know who you are and you're greater than the job. You're greater than all of these other things that people, let's go on this magical journey and find Mm -hmm. out who you are. Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: here you are, you've gotten your your books, you've stepped out, and I, I always tell people it's an honor to be in this position. And so you are in a community. I want you to talk to me about the aspect of a servant in as you are serving now and you're bringing people through uh, their uh, journey in the sense where you're walking with them, ask, showing them and asking them the questions to ignite mm-hmm. their fire. Tell me about a couple of stories when, uh, for lack of a better word, Deborah, when they got it. Tell yes. me, uh, talk to me about stories. that. Because that is, um, it is one of the most powerful story. It's one of the most precious moment. It is, um, intoxicating. There's a mm-hmm. flavor to it that if you don't understand, you would miss that, uh, that joy and that flavor uh, of that moment. Talk to me
1: about that. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for that invitation because there's so many threads of stories I could tell here. Yeah. (laughs) But I think the first thing I want to say in the framing of it is I was really clear in stepping into this space is I Mm -hmm. am not your magical guru who's going to tell you steps one, two, three, bang, you've got some magic. I was really clear about the fact that I'm somebody who can be a mirror, can be a teacher, can be a guide, and I'm also someone who's going to be honest with you about what's happening in my journey so that we can Mm -hmm. be together in learning and growing together. And so the first thing I always say to people who are working with me is anchor into your own magic, anchor into you. What does this mean for you? What is authentic for you? What are you learning? And some of Mm -hmm. the things that people have ignited within themselves is understanding more about how they have arrived in this life. Like there's one woman who is a part of my community now, and she's a deep part about you. I love her. She's got amazing Mm -hmm. energy. But she spent 40-plus years of her life being told, you're too sensitive, it's your fault, you're taking things too personally. Mm -hmm. Then she worked with me and I and I just, like, it came out of my mouth. I said something like that because you're an empath. And she was like, I'm a what? And nobody had framed Mm -hmm. it for her. Nobody had supported her in understanding how her energy had come through in this life. And she had Mm -hmm. seen it as this is my weakness, not this is one of my magical superpowers. And she speaks to me often about how that has changed her life in seeing that the way her energy comes through is actually a gift that can be a service Mm -hmm. and support to other people. And she continues to share with me all these different miracles that turn up now that she's stepped into (laughs) that magic of her own. And then there's another woman who gives herself a really, really tricky time in. she's got Mm -hmm. a really strong critic that wants to tell her she's not doing it right. Hmm. And then one day she sent me a message and said, oh, I get it. I now mm-hmm. suddenly get it. I am the magic. It's in me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then she continues <laughs> to send me messages about how this magic is turning up in her world. And it's like, you know, yeah. visitations by um animals. It's about synchronistic mm-hmm. connections with people that are helping her to advance her heart or her business. You know, so it's like it—it yeah. it, it feels like a little a little moment for someone. Oh, I'm an empire. Mm-hmm. Oh, the magic's in me. But actually, they're massive moments that create these ripples oh, yeah. for people that change their world.
0: Yeah, it happened to you and me. Yeah, you know? um, where we we looked at a situation uh, with. Uh, differently than how we were programmed, or someone told us that we were, when someone um, pointed out and or showed us differently, then it it became it became light. And yeah. uh, once the light shined into us, then we looked at it and it became ours. We owned it. Yeah. And I always say that when you own it, nobody can take it away from you. No. Not a single soul can take it on and all you can do when you own it is now begin to teach people how to own theirs. Yeah. And um
1: And also stay know, responsible so. for owning it. Like that's something I'm really yeah. clear with my community of. It's like I'm still mm-hmm. evolving. I'm still yeah. learning. We get to a new layer of the light and then a new layer of the light and then a new layer of the light. It's like we don't there is no end point where you say, and I'm done. I mean there is a kind of pause in our process when we actually transition from here. Yeah, from one to to another, Uh right? But we're, as beings of light, as energy beings, we are constantly evolving. If we say yes to the evolution, if we're in in the actual dynamic of growing, which is why I'm always clear. It's like that's the fun and that's where things start to make sense and things start to connect and you're invited into Deeper corners of the matrix of possibility for your energy yeah, I, and for your wonder. Yeah,
0: I I love the deepness of conversation. You know, what's really funny about me, I've always people of my friends uh, would always say to me um, how I my questions are never easy, <laughs> and here I am on a podcast and I'm doing basically the same thing that my friends would always talk to me about, and because I I, I value the, the deep conversation. Yeah. I do not, um, the one dimensional conversation to me bores me. And so I, it's, I cannot, it, it doesn't hold me. And because it doesn't hold me, I can't, I, I for some reason I can't stay there. And so um, you have to know what those gifts and those gifts are open up to you. And, and as they open to you, you begin to, I tell people you live from it. It's not like you you live from it. You 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 become joyful. Everything that you do now is no work. It is yeah. something that you love. And when something that you love that you do, you'll never bored. You want to know more. You're constantly looking to gain more knowledge and ever expanding. Um and that is the purpose of people like you and I. And Deborah, I want to thank you for coming Mm. by President Light Man. Mm. And you have spent time expanding our energy. And it was an honor to have you here. Thank you so much. Yes.
1: And thank you and honoring the light in you, the light in me and the light in everybody who is listening and inviting everybody to anchor into the truth that you are the magic.
2: I agree. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. What a delight. Thank you so much.
0: Everyone who's listening to this broadcast. We hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trial to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself. Which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Apple Music, iHeart Radio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.